Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to Voice of Hope, Chris Sesser, along with Troy Peverell. And we're here today having part two of a conversation on how we can minister to others through loss and suffering. And Troy, last time we talked about there's been lots of loss and suffering over the last number of years um, with people. In some ways, it feels like loss and suffering has kind of ramped up, although, you know, we didn't live 100 years ago, so we don't know, but right. but we're sure. here now yeah. and we feel it. And right. so, um, you know, we, we spent a little bit of time talking about sort of the specifics of what yeah. are some of the losses that people have felt, you know, just there's illness and death and job and finances mm-hmm. and global economy and all those things. But what we really wanted to talk about is what, what we need in the midst of that. And so I know I would encourage anybody to go back and listen to um, to that that conversation because Troy kind of listed some great things that we need in the midst of all this loss. But but Troy, let's keep mm. having that conversation. Um, what are kind of some more things that you feel like we need when it comes to all this? The ability to just um, see our need and m- admit our need, and we we talked about that as well. Um, but I think ministering to other people, uh, even now as those that listen, you know, if we all just stop for a second and think, you know, who in our life. Um, needs an encouraging uh, action and you know what what would that be you know whether or not it would be inaction something that we do um, or actually perhaps the words and that's the first one that I I go to is just you know that we are told to encourage each other um, with the words that we use Um, that's a real evaluation of you know, something that we've talked about, Chris, you're an optimist. Like I think people that are more optimistic are going to be probably more encouraging. And I think that's a good, Sometimes. That's a good thing. Um, but I do think it is a direct intentional move towards someone to encourage them, uh, to lift them up, to give them hope. Um, but even in that, we're going to have to come back to something that's important in that process of giving them hope, which is, you know, for us to check our motives first, you know, why am I giving or going to give this encouragement? When I step back and go, even for what I do for a living, which is hopefully encouraging to the people that I sit in front of, I'm very aware a lot of times due to the, the difficulty of perhaps my day or, um, you know, pushing and plowing through um, one after the other, I'm very aware also, or want to be very aware What's my motive here? If, what is it to help just for my livelihood? Or is this because this person um, needs this? And obviously they would not even be seeing me if there wasn't a need there. Mm-hmm. And so for me to, in those moments, realize it's a return to prayer. And often before I see someone, I'll just ask God, you know, do hear what I cannot do. So in that moment, I think I'm posturing myself to be a vessel and i think that is the right motive because i don't know their life like he does and i believe with the posture for him to go through me at least exposes them much more to the likelihood that they're going to be served in the way that i would want to encourage them any particular verses come to mind when you're thinking about the kind of this concept yeah i think just in the the verse itself of you know 
do nothing out of the selfish ambition or vain conceit. I think that kind of identifies when motives are not, are not okay. Um, rather in humility, value the other person above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. You know, Chris, you asked me the last uh, time, you know, when it comes to the church edification, I think when I first read this, I'm like, you know, this is hard enough on an individual basis. But when you're driving, you know, a movement or an organization or, or a church to a, a mission, you're sometimes led more from the missions, what you're trying to accomplish, than you are even about what are we doing this for, for mm-hmm, the person. For sure. And I remember this from being in church ministry. And I look back and I go, wow, I was a lot of times driving this ministry from the standpoint of what I had wanted it to accomplish. And I'm hit more now in retrospect with that idea. The good thing is God's grace was there anyway. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, it really just is a good check for me to ask, why am I doing whatever it is I'm doing in what I would call ministry? And we're talking about ministering to other people. So why make that call to that other person? Why take this action toward them? Um, it's just good, a good motive check. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. I saw something literally this morning um, on social media, and it was uh, <clears throat> basically kind of an act of kindness, if you will, kind of a reaching out and an encouragement mm-hmm. to someone from a non-believer mm-hmm. to someone. And I was like at in tears mm-hmm. watching the way that that encouragement impacted the person that was receiving it. And it, it, it just reminds, it reminded me of, gosh, I mean, how much more should I be doing things like that as a believer? Right. Uh, because I, I do believe that kind of that encouragement that we can offer people. And again, I'm not, I'm not as good at it as mm-hmm. I want to be, but that encouragement that we can offer people can have such a tremendous impact. Um, you know, just by making that call right. or sending that text or offering those words of encouragement. And the thing I have to always tell myself, it's not hard to do. Right. It's really not. So why do you think, I mean, why do you think it's somehow lost? That has been that altruistic movement has been lost for the believers or believers organizations. When we can look over there at a non-believing world, perhaps, and it is happening, why would that be? Um, I don't know that I have a great answer for that. The, the thing that comes to mind is I think um, we sometimes overthink it mm. and we sometimes overcomplicate what ministry and movements should and could be doing. Mm. And um, it, it's almost like, well, that it, uh, sure, we ought to do that, but we, we really need to do these important things over here. Right. But the reality is, is that, that could be the important thing. Oh, it's just kidding. the, you know, put your arm around someone that just, you know, take the time. I think also, and, and we've talked about this in a number of different ways, is just the chaos of life and the pace at which we all move. We almost feel like that's not productive. Right. Right? right. We feel like just taking time to sit with someone, encourage mm-hmm. them, make that phone call. Well, but I have all these emails I have to respond to, or I have this project I have to work on, or I have this event I need to plan. If you're kind of thinking maybe in the church world and I got to get all that done. Mm-hmm. And so I got to get that done first before I take the time to just care for people and minister to them. And I think we sometimes get that backwards. 
it's very good. <clears throat> very good to kind of evaluate yeah. what's crowding it out. Correct. You know? yeah. And that's really good. I'm uh, just sitting here reflecting with you about how easy it is to, again, do the function of ministry movement and 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 not evaluate the true motive of that movement before. Mm-hmm. And a good place just to, to stop because I think the lost world, so to speak, we call them, um, and they are perhaps eternally, we shouldn't make that judgment, we should be aware that we could be doing that at any point, but what says most to the, the non-believer is probably not gonna be the words they hear. You know, right. it's gonna be the, the actions that we take. Yeah. You know, and I think of the verse, you know, speak the truth in love. And a lot of times I think that we can speak the truth, including myself, but no love is necessarily attached. Yeah. And that's not life changing. No. Yeah. And I do think that the word doesn't return void, but I think people are looking for, you know, does this match in this person? Yeah. You know, and that's obviously a challenge. Yeah. Well, and I go back to, you know, one of the things that I felt like I was taught very early in ministry, who knows where I heard this, but you hear it all the time. You know, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. And again, it feels like basic and remedial, but I do think we sometimes as believers um, walk past just the, hey, we need to, need to genuinely care for these people. Right. And it, it's back to the motives. It's not because of what they can do for me or mm-hmm. how they can help the organization or whatever. It needs to be because we care Yeah. and because we do. <laughs> That's right. And and speak you know, th- those words of life into them, I think, really, really matters. And kind of keeping our eyes open that a lot of times we encounter people, obviously, that we have no idea with where they are. And because we don't have any idea maybe where they are in life or what they might be going through, it's almost as if we live with somebody that it is so shallow, not, in their, not from their uh, intention for that, but just we don't know at a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And when I step back sometimes and listen to, to people uh, in the circles of, the, of life that I walk in, not just in counseling, but in other ways, it's like, wow, everyone I know in some way is experiencing loss of some kind. And while a kind word may be perfect timing um, and a kind action may be the perfect timing, to know someone at that level um, is is why I think it's good to step back and have almost like a, a spirit of quietness and waiting and then praying while you're doing that and asking God to give you that moment right there where you need to, to move in. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break and, and when we come back, we're going to finish up this conversation and, and really talk about, you know, the, the comfort that we can get um, really only from God when it comes to dealing with the loss and, and, the suffering that we have and administering to others. So uh, you're listening to A Voice of Hope. Don't you just love the word renew? It offers a chance to take a look back while holding new possibilities in hand. It's a word that offers healing, but without the bonds of despair, and it seems to point us in a new direction while giving promise to move forward. This is Kim Peverall with A Voice of Hope. This ministry has been created to bring encouragement in a relevant, easy conversation. Through insights offered from Troy, Chris, and their guest, it's our desire that you'll become a voice of hope in your walks through life and into your community. 
Let's change the narrative of the last year and make a plan to choose positive perspective and embrace hope. Practice peace and fight your tendency to become anxious. Instead, pray. Pay attention to new ways to encourage others. Simple steps like these will affect change in your own life and spill over into your community. We invite you to find more resources for hopeful living at agape-counseling.org and equipandencourage.com. Hey, thanks for listening. We are honored to share this journey together. You know, one of the great things about this conversation, Troy, that we're having where, you know, just how do we minister to each other in the midst of suffering and loss is we know that there is a comforter mm-hmm. that we have. Matthew 8, sorry, Matthew 11, uh, 28 to 30 says this, um, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and uh, lean on me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall see, shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's a good verse. What does that make you think? Oh, it's a good, good verse. First of all, I'm, I definitely get the first part. Come to me, all you who are weary, you know, and heavy laden. Yes, preach. I, that's right. <laughs> I I get there, but I it's just a good, you know, it's a good good place to start again in an evaluation because I think there will probably be many people that may not even may not feel that they don't feel weary or heavy laden. Um, they may not even feel like they need any kind of rest yeah and for them i i envy you <laughs> yeah right you're, you're lying to yourself <laughs> just they, so you know perhaps, yeah. <laughs> but i also know hey it's a good time to evaluate that you know what part of your life even if you feel great as god's intention is not to for us to to feel bad about ourselves or our condition but i do think that we we need to have the best eye on it and obviously his eye is best so it's good for me to ask the question, God, am I carrying anything that needs to be ministered to? You know, um, do I need comfort of some kind from you? And then I look at the the next one is take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Because I think sometimes it's not that God is going to make everything easy and we're good to go. But I think the yoke being lighter in that his yoke is is possible that the yoke sometimes that we're walking through life on in is so much more cumbersome than we need to have on us. And so it's like, he's the yoke bearer. He's the one that makes it lighter. And so there's just this call from him to us to say, hey, come this way um, and learn from me. For I am meek, describing who Jesus's character is, he's lowly in heart, um, and that you in doing so will find rest for your soul um, again, just a promise that there's something that he has that he wants to give us rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so this past week I was reading something I've been reading. There's, I'm in a book right now. There's like four pages I have been stuck in for the last two weeks. Not because I'm a slow reader. <laughs> You're reading it over and over and over yeah. and over again, right? Because it's so rich in, in an area of my life that I'm, I'm really thinking about. Uh, and some of that is just my tendency uh, sometimes being super independent is is to walk through life not aware of my uh, physical and believe it or not internal condition internal condition that has a physical manifestation what I mean by that is I counsel people I sit all day 
And there's probably just an underlying angst that's building up through the day in and out of people's lives. And when I come home, the first thing I do without thinking is I reach for comforting foods. And I'm so aware of this. And so this, this past week, I've really kind of, or past few weeks, I've really identified kind of the early beginnings of life and kind of how that was uh, mistakenly, nur- mistakenly nurtured in me. And from that, I realized that I am the comforter of myself. Mm. So when I'm reading through the scriptures and I run across some Old Testament passages and even the words of Jesus, it's like there was just this real clarity that God wants to be my comforter. You know, and we know the Holy Spirit, that's one of the things that he does. And so I felt like God was saying, be comforted by me. And you, you don't need to comfort yourself. Mm. So here's the thing. When I'm thinking about this, I'm going, okay, but God, you're not as fast as I am. <laughs> because I'll get and in those moments. chips taste That's really right. good. I mean, they're sitting there in front of me, God. I need you really quick. Right, sure. And so at least I'm aware that, hey, this is something the Holy Spirit wants to do. And it got me thinking, like, what would that look like more of? Because God, obviously, I've felt God's comfort through life. But I think on a regular basis, if I just stopped and waited and even see and learn how he moves toward me as the comforter um, was just a real, real time piece for me to to just Mm. be on this journey that, God, I want to be comforted by you. And know what that's like and not just to have to feel like i'm the one that has to do that that's really good and it makes me think of of, um maybe a similar mindset i feel like i've been in lately there's a Mm -hmm. and i I usually get it through music Uh i I try to get some comfort through you know christian music and there's one particular song um it's called what he's done And, and, and it's it's helping us have a posture of gratitude for the way that God has moved in our life, no matter kind of what circumstance or loss or suffering we're facing now, yeah, just kind of being able to posture to, to realize what God's done in your life. Yeah, that's good. Um, it comforts me in a way um, to know that, that he's, he is there to comfort me. And yeah. so, um, you know, there are lots of ways that I try to comfort myself for sure, but, but trying to sort of think through, oh, Lord, thank you for what you've done. Yeah, in my life cool. is is you know uh, part of the way that I feel like he, he comforts me in some ways. So, keep, so keep, keep kind of being kind of being grateful and re- yeah. recounting sure where he's he's jumped in there. Sure, absolutely, that's good. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of a time recently I was going through my quiet time and I don't I I must have read the same thing four or five times. That may be why I get stuck in the middle of a book. But <laughs> seeing I was a pattern like, here, Troy. Yeah, I know. And I picked up another book, started reading, picked up something else, started reading. And I was just very aware, like, okay, all these good books. So I think it, the Bible was in there too, believe it or not. And I'm reading and I'm going, I'm like, I was so aware, like, God, I am all over the place. And I just felt felt like I needed to, to put the books down and sit there and talk to him. And, and I did. And I was just aware also in those moments, like, what I need here is not a religious activity that I mm-hmm. put my trust in. Yeah. I need I need this relationship here. Yep. And that goes to, you know, some of what we're talking about with when it comes to comfort. Um, in Second Corinthians he says he comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are in troubles. 
uh, to me, the clarity of just him wanting to do this has to is, has a reason as well, so that I in turn can do this, and so I have to expose myself to what I need to give away, and I, I can't give it away if I don't have it. It's so funny when I, when I was a young believer, I went through a class called Bethel. And it was mm-hmm. kind of learning a lot of things just about scripture and Old Testament. And there's one particular um, kind of title of a lesson called Blessed to Be a Blessing. Hmm. And, you know, talk about Abraham being blessed to be a blessing. But I, I, like I good. hear what you're saying there in the same sort of you know vein is that that I need to recognize that God can comfort me. I have been blessed. And maybe it's the, the same thing I was saying a few minutes ago is, is, is sort of having a posture of gratitude for what God's done in me, for me, and through me in order that, not that I can just rest in that comfort right. and blessing, but that I can go outward with that and share with others, especially a world that's suffering and, and kind of going through loss. Oh, yeah. Right, and how, right much, how much do people need that from right. those of us who believe in Jesus, that type of word and that type of encouragement? That's good, Chris. You know, on a, no, on a note that that's similar to kind of what you're saying here, um, my wife and I were having a conversation on the road this week and you know, it hit my mind. It's like, Kim, do you remember like, I think from the, from the beginning of time, what the tree was that Adam and Eve ate from? And I think she, she knew it. She said the tree of knowledge. I said, right. I said that the tree of knowledge was the thing they were after. They wanted to know something. And we were talking about how our, our lives and our our world is so full of seeking knowledge in some form or fashion and it's the original pursuit that somehow we think that if i have this information or this information or this information or find out this or find out there we're trying trying to settle an inner anxiety but it's insatiable it will never be never goes away it never will (laughs) never goes away Yeah. yeah so just the idea that even in those moments when we're needing god's comfort or needing to give God's comfort away, this recognition that he has that for me. He has that for me. He has that for me. Nothing else does. Yeah, that's right. And in that, if I'll go and posture to receive, I'm also learning that I can go as well. And whatever that might be that God would use through me to comfort another person is going to be genuine because it came from a genuine place. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Okay, in our last few minutes, any kind of last minute uh, encouragement when it comes to ministering to people who are going through loss and suffering? To, be, to look around and ask that question, who in life do you know is experiencing loss of some kind? And ask that in your prayer life. God, show me someone. And be aware also, when you have thoughts about people that have not come to your mind but all of a sudden pop to your mind, even though you may not have asked God, that might be his prompting that that person needs to be reached out to for reasons maybe you don't know. And so just know, know and go. No, this is probably or possibly not from your own thinking. Test it out and go. Say, I was thinking about you today, not really sure why. Just wanted you to know you're on my mind and going to lift you up in prayer. And Watch what happens. Take that challenge for a few weeks. It's so funny. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago um, when, when that would happen to me and somebody would pop into my mind, I would try to tell myself, I wasn't always good at this. <laughs> I would try to tell myself, just make the call. Yeah. Just make the call. Yeah. And, and see what happens. Right. 
And, you know, the, the times that I did, I was so amazed at what God was doing in them, what God mm. was doing in me, the way that that connection was just really important mm. in some sort of deeper way that I may, maybe didn't see before. Yeah. <clears throat> and the times I didn't do it always felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> we have those times. Yes. Yes. For yes, sure. yes, we do. So, and I think too, one of the things, Troy, that, that I know that is important to you to remember is that as we reach out to people mm-hmm. um, and as we try to do this ministry, he is close to us. Right. I mean, it's not like we're doing this on our own. Right. Yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. Right beside us right there. Yeah. I like the idea that he's close, um, even more so as I think about this, that he's not in our face necessarily. Sometimes he gets that way. But the idea there is that in a relationship, as he is around us, there is that that part where we need to look for him and reach out to him. With the promise, he's there. Mm-hmm. And I love how he will not force himself upon us. There may be times, but I think that's the exception. Mm. Because I think he's asking to be in a relationship with us. And so it's, he's so faithful. Yeah. If I would just sometimes see that and just go there. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I know um, <clears throat> Psalm 24, uh, 23, 4 says this, and we'll close with this today. Even... Uh, when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. And so I think that's one of the main things we need to remember in the midst of ministering to people who are suffering loss and suffering. Sometimes we maybe feel like we don't know what to say, <laughs> but he's right there. He's going to be right there with us. That's important. So hopefully this has been a good um, conversation for you. Again, if you didn't hear the first part of this, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to our last episode uh, because it has been uh, really a great conversation on how we can minister to those around us who are suffering uh, and, and experiencing loss. Don't forget, you can always go to ami1.net to get more information about uh, this ministry and what's happening. And we will talk to you again next time on A Voice of Hope.